What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another Second Down Podcast with your hostess, with the mostess, Ethan Allen Schultz, joined by Jordan Jeffrey Epp. Jordan, tell everyone how you're doing today. Um, not fantastic, necessarily. Um, I have a sinus infection, yeah. so I'm on day two of that, so hopefully yeah. I'm feeling a little bit better. I'm feeling a little bit better today than I did yesterday. I'm but. in the middle of the most homework I've ever had, um, so... Tough week for us. You just woke up from a nap. I also did just take wake up from a nap, but don't let that distract you. I am focused on getting my stuff done. Um, and, yeah, we have a lot on the docket. We're right at the end week. of the school year, so we got a lot of stuff to work on as far as like, school it's goes. It's going to be tough. We've got move out coming at. It, it seems like yesterday we just moved in here, mm-hmm. you know? It seems like time's really flown by. Um, but we got move out coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, and yeah, then it's homebound for the summer, ladies and gentlemen. Very excited. Yeah. Very excited. Um, so we have a bunch on the docket today, including the infamous European Soccer Super League. So um, let me just try and explain that real quick for people who don't really know anything about it. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. We're jumping the gun. Okay. What do we always do? Oh, at yeah. Beginning of the episode. Of course. We got the player of the week. I actually haven't posted it yet. I forgot to post it. So I'll make sure I post it during this episode. But this week's second down NBA player of the week is actually our first second time winner of the year, Steph Curry. Wow. Steph Curry is on a tear. I don't know if you noticed. Um, over the last 11 games, he's averaging 40 points per game. Uh, he's been absolutely insane. So over the last week, the Warriors, which are not a very good team, mind you, this year, are 3-1 and one in their last four games. Uh, Steph Curry is averaging 43 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds on 50-50-89 splits. Yeah. Absolutely wild. He's in the middle of one of the best runs of most of like any NBA player in history. Like He's absolutely being dominant. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that statistic being thrown around about a number of 10-point... Uh, sorry, 10 three-point games. Like a game where a player scores 10 three-pointers in a single game. Yeah. Steph Curry has, like, somewhere around, like, 13 or so. And the next highest is, like, I think it's Clay with, like, five. And then, like, after that, it's, like, three for anyone else. Like, yeah. absolutely insane stuff. And he has, like, five of them this season alone. So That's Steph awesome. Curry is putting up numbers similar to his MVP season, his unanimous MVP season. Just the team isn't very good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we all know that MVP award will be going to Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not going to Giannis. I mean, it could. It honestly could at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, let's move on to what we got in the docket. You said you want to explain the Super League, or I have, I have it pulled up here if you want me to. I was just going to explain that real quick. Um, so, essentially, the controversial European soccer, uh, soccer Super League is that – so, if you don't really know about uh, European soccer and everything like that, um, the way that the leagues work is there is no postseason. That, well, like it, it, within the leagues themselves, there in is the no postseason. Themselves, yeah. So the team with the best record is the winner of the league, and the team that loses is the loser. Of, like with the worst record, is the loser of the league, and they get demoted. And then if you're in a lower league, if you have the best record, you can get promoted to the higher leagues and yeah. so on. So since there is no actual postseason, there is a quote unquote postseason type things like the Champions League, which is the most famous one. And then there's other kinds of uh, yeah, leagues so, like that? Yeah, so pretty much the postseason for European soccer is Champions League, depending on how competitive your uh, league is. 
Um, Premier League always gets four teams in the champion or, uh, in the Champions League. La Liga gets three. Bundesliga gets three or two. And then you move on to uh, Liga 1, which gets uh, um, usually two. And then all these other countries usually get one. Their winner goes to Champions League. Uh, and that is considered the playoff. Um, and that is when you get the best uh, squads, the best clubs in all of Europe playing against each other. Um, it's a single elimination tournament to find out who the best team is. It's, it's not single elimination? Champions League is not single elimination. You play two legs um, in each uh, round of the playoffs. And then uh, at the beginning of the Champions League, you play in uh, group matches. Oh, yeah. So, Sorry. Um, so And that's how you advance to the uh, uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals for Champions League. Um, so... Uh, a bunch of these teams that usually make the Champions League, that are the biggest in Europe, have the most money, were frustrated. Um, they are currently in negotiations with FIFA on how they can get more revenue because owners in um, FIFA do not care about football anymore. They only care about money, which seems a uh, way that a lot of leagues and, and all that are going. Um, and... Uh, so to break away what many thought were, was a marketing tactic was that these clubs that bring in the most revenue um, are going to break away from the Champions League uh, entirely. Even clubs that were not even in the Champions League this year are going to break away from the Champions League entirely, create their own playoff system, um, which is a group of 12 clubs across uh, Europeans' biggest leagues um, to compete in this Super League. Um, those 12 cl- uh, Well, those clubs who... <clears throat> have uh, spoken out in uh, favor of the uh, Super League and said they were going to join it were Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid from Spain, AC Milan, Arsenal, um, and Inter Milan from... Or, no, I'm sorry, Arsenal's not there. This is all out of order. AC Milan, Inter uh, Milan, and Juventus from Italy, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, and Tottenham from England. Those are the clubs uh, who were announced as the founding members of the Super League uh, this past week and were super, super, super excited um, to get back uh, their own playoff structure and a find a way um, to make the playoffs every year. And they thought their fans would follow in their excitement. However, that did not seem to be the case. Um, everybody saw how stupid and unfair and how terrible this was for the game, uh, and especially the fact that they withheld uh, FIFA uh, as an organization away from it. So these clubs would be keeping all of the revenue. Um, now, no matter how capitalist you are about it um, and how much you like seeing these own businesses going out on their own, breaking away from those who control them, uh, that is not how this works. Uh, they owe a great amount of their success um, and um, a reason why they are so big in the first place to FIFA, um, and they are legitimately owned by FIFA. So the fact that they're breaking away from FIFA uh, and not sharing the revenue uh, with them, that would destroy the game. FIFA, of course, got mad at this um, and said, okay, these, uh, these clubs will no longer be able to play in their domestic league um, and they will not be able to play um, in uh, any of the uh, other domestic leagues like the FA Cup, the DFL uh, Polka, and all these um, uh, other smaller tournaments within their country. And um, the, cha- uh, the Super League teams were like, okay, we'll bite the bullet on that one. And then FIFA clapped back saying, well, all of your players on your teams will no longer be able to represent their nation in uh, the World Cup. 
Um, and that, of course, is huge, huge, huge deal. Uh, the World Cup is the single most um, revenue bringing in, most watched sporting event across all the world, uh, without a doubt. Um, and so that was huge, and it's, it's a huge, huge turf war going on right now between the greedy owners and FIFA as, uh, as a whole. Um, and so to put this more in perspective with what you guys might think, it, it, uh, what you guys might know um, just watching American-based uh, sports is imagine if the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Packers, the Rams, the 49ers, the 49ers and all of the richest um, teams that bring in the most revenue in the NFL um, wanted to keep playing in the NFL um, uh, season, but instead of going to the playoffs, they're like, we're going to create our own playoffs where we make it every year. Maybe three or four of you of the best can play us in this playoff. And then whatever y'all do with y'all's playoffs that you already have set up, you do whatever you want. That was actually exactly the analogy I was going to use to try and put into perspective. So yeah, it's the team. So like, for example, like Arsenal is one of the teams that is involved in the Super League breakaway. But they, even though I'm, I consider myself an Arsenal fan, Arsenal has not been a good team over the past however many years, like five, seven years or so. The day that they announced the Super League, they tied to Fulham, who is currently getting relegated in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. So like... It's not necessarily that these are all just the best teams, although a lot of them do happen to be the best teams. It is the quote-unquote blue-blood teams uh, kind of forcing themselves in a way to permanently become the blue-blood teams. And so uh, they are asking to basically form their own Champions League, as he said, uh, in their own manner, where they automatically qualify for the playoffs, quote-unquote, every single year. And then a couple other select teams that have earned it can also participate. And so, as he mentioned, you know, the, the biggest deal about this is that FIFA and the domestic leagues, because the teams said that they wanted to still com- compete in the domestic leagues while also having the opportunity to compete in the Super League. I think a common misconception I see online is people thinking that the European Super League is actually a domestic league of those I see people thinking about that all the time, that they're saying, hey, we're going to leave the BPL and join the Super League. Um, But no, so they want to compete in the domestic leagues, and then whenever that season isn't what's going on, then they compete in the Super League. Uh, But it's... it's, And then, like I was saying, the, the domestic leagues were saying, hey, you can't do both. And FIFA was saying, hey, if you're... If you have a player who competes for that team they won't be able to compete in the World Cup. And that's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. I know I was seeing a ton of different memes about it, like, you know, when Mbappe beats uh, Fulham uh, for the fifth great UCL championship in a row. Yeah. Or, like, talking about, like, Americans when they finally win a World Cup against yeah. uh, Qatar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it, it's huge because it impacts I, – I don't think it's going to happen because after what FIFA and uh, – after the responses from the domestic leagues and FIFA – I think that the teams are going to pull back, but it's significant in terms of, like, like I said, it's these teams basically trying to solidify their roles as the top clubs and saying, hey, no other teams can do anything about it. Yeah. So, um, like you said, um, the Super League is set up for failure, and and here's why: um, they failed to get FC Bayern, Borussia Dortmund, and PSG. 
uh, two German squads and the French squad, uh, three of the biggest clubs in the world, uh, especially PSG, um, to join this Super League because um, PSG uh, has Champions uh, League ties right now. They're in a good position to win right now, and, and they like their situation. And German leagues are not owned by a um, business or an entity. 49% is owned by a business and entity entity and then 51% is either owned by the fans or uh, um, owned by a company with the fans at the helm of making decisions so uh, that was their first failure not to get those in Um, and then just 30 minutes ago um, it leaked that Chelsea has submitted plans to withdraw and break away from the Super League tournament um, as soon as possible so Chelsea already wants out. They're claiming that um, because um, uh, of financial pressuring from the other squads that they were forced into this Super League um, with um, a chance of missing out on huge, huge, huge amounts of money. There was even, I can't remember, I think it might have been Arsenal or another team where the players said that they were not told until they found out about the news release about the Super League. So they had no idea this was even going on. This was going on with the people at the top talking everything out, and everyone else was kind of just left out of the loop. Yeah, Yeah. and um, uh, going going off that, um, Tottenham coach uh, Jose Marino, my favorite coach ever, uh, was sacked the day after all of this um, news broke out because he refused to lead his players on a pitch um, because of how... Um, much it would affect not only him, um, but all of his players and all of the fans, um, and he didn't want to lose that. Uh, because if the Super League goes uh, goes on and you are a manager of one of these clubs, you are stripped of all your titles, all your wins, um, all of your money that you've made from FIFA, um, and all of this other stuff. And that's just something a lot of coaches who have completely established themselves don't want to lose. Um, and so Jose Mourinho was sacked. Um and um, it looks like uh, Klopp, who is Liverpool's coach, <clears throat> is trying to uh, get away from the Super League. However, he thoroughly believes that um, the Super League will not go on. So um, that is always great news. But it, it was here for uh, about two days where it looked like it was the end of football, mm-hmm. which was insane. One of the biggest issues with it would have been that those teams that aren't the big teams, you know, the teams that aren't the Liverpools that people support, um, those teams would, I mean, not that they're already, uh, you know, widely supported, uh, like, you know, the big teams, but it kind of shuts them out of, you know, any kind of spotlight. It kind of removes them from ever being able to, because, you know, the, the league is like, those teams, even though they're the smaller teams, they are part of the entire, you know, the champion. Uh, they're, they're part of the whole BPL, right? And the BPL brings in all the revenue together. And if you cut away all the most revenue bringing in teams, then those teams are just kind of left in the dust. And then they, I mean, they don't really have anything to go off of. Although I do want to say I was laughing in the middle of this because I saw a tweet that said football fans be like stolen by the rich, then go support the royal family. I don't yeah. know. That made me laugh. <laughs> that I thought that was funny. pretty funny. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, they're blaming they're blaming Americans for ruining their game, um, and I saw a tweet saying yet another things that the Americans have colonized. Winky face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's 
it's it looks like it probably won't happen, but if it did, it would be it would be huge in terms of uh, the future of football. Yeah, the, the future of soccer and everything like that. Um, but unless there's anything else you want to say about it, do you want to go into some of the other stuff to talk about for the episode? Um, uh, I hate owners. You hate owners? Yeah, that's hey, all I have to say. Eat the rich? Eat the rich. Eat the rich. I'm okay. full-blown communist now. <laughs> so, so soccer turned you into a communist? Yep, yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, talk about a little bit of draft news. Um, there were uh, reports coming around around yesterday about the Dolphins being interested in trading down again. If you remember, the Dolphins moved from the third pick to the twelfth pick, back up to the sixth pick, mm-hmm. in sort of a three-team trade, and they are apparently interested in moving down. I think that's interesting because particularly the fact that they are currently sitting at number six. Right? Yeah. Uh, they're possibly in a position where a quarterback could fall to them, in which case they might be looking to move down to a QB needy team who might be trying to look up so that they can go get a quarterback. And then yeah. the Dolphins are, you know, continuing their master class in team building by acquiring more assets for what they don't want. That's true. You know? Um, um, coincidentally, uh, the Giants also said that they were looking to trade down at number 11, who is a team that may also be in a position <laughs> where they could draft a quarterback, but they don't want to because they have Daniel Jones, which they should draft a quarterback. But both teams are looking to trade down, uh, number six for the Dolphins, number 11 for the Giants. Um, do you think either of these teams will end up trading down or what do you think will come for these two teams? Um, I think, uh... I think the Giants, uh, in their position, wh- what what pick are they again? They're currently number eleven, and also for reference, the Giants under their current general manager Dave Gettleman yeah. has never traded down yeah. in the first round. Yeah, no, I think they're going to keep it, and I think they're going to get a key piece who can help Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dolphins, I could see trading down. Um, I have some incredible fake news. That is completely fake and has no truth to it, I'm but interested. I want to run it past you because I think it's interesting, right? Tell me. So I saw on TikTok, it was a joke. Yeah. That um, this TikTok creator's friend is a janitor at Lambeau Field, and he okay. walked past uh, Gutenkinst's uh, desk, and he saw uh, trade papers that would trade Jordan Love to uh, Jordan Love and the Packers' fourth rounder to the Patriots for the number 16, 16 pick. Is that interesting? That would never happen. But is it interesting? It's kind of interesting. I don't know. Well, I could see it happening. I, I, well, not with those specific uh, assets because I don't think Jordan Love in a fourth is really worth the number, what, 16 pick. I don't know if that's really worth it. Uh, especially when you could, if you wanted to, you like if you wanted to get a developmental quarterback, you could just draft Kellen Mond in the second or third. That is true. You know? That is true. Uh, so I don't know if I'd give up a first just to get a fourth and him. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers move Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love hasn't, uh, I mean, I know that, he probably wasn't meant to be the backup quarterback, Mm-mm. but I—I I mean, it's at least a little bit disappointing he wasn't a true backup last year. Yeah. Um, and I don't—I mean, you know, his value has diminished over time. Um, and I don't think 
I don't think the Packers. I think the Packers expected Aaron Rodgers to, uh, you know, fall off a little bit. And I think now that he had his MVP season, they might be saying, hey, we might have jumped the gun a little bit here. Oh, yeah. So they might be saying, hey, we could draft a quarterback later on. We might just need to move this guy while we can get some assets. And um, with the fact that Aaron Rodgers is so set on not renegotiating his contract, yeah. it's fairly, fairly obvious that he will be serving out his entire time uh, of his contract as a Packer. Um, which Unless will... he gets traded. Unless he gets traded, but if that happens, there will literally be no more Lambo. Yeah. Like, quite literally, there will be no more Lambo. Because Green Bay would have rioted would, would and have burned rioted. it down. They have, there are 510, um, not even, there are 110, 110 very angry Packer fans in Green Bay. Um, all of which know how to build a fire because <laughs> that is a rural city. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, take it as you will. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine that ever happening. But I do want to see, see Jordan Love moved because um, I don't dislike him at, in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he needs an opportunity somewhere else because he's not going to get it for... A, for the next four years in Green Bay. I could see him getting moved for a second or a third. I can see those. I don't think y'all can net a first, especially not one that's in the top half. Yeah. But I could see y'all getting a second or a third for him. And I think if y'all got a second or a third, I don't think you guys would be disappointed, especially considering I know I know y'all traded up for him in the first round, but he really was supposed to be like a second-round quarterback. Yeah. So, you know, if you can get a second for him, that's about what his value was before – so you're kind of avoiding diminished value if you can get a second, mm-hmm. or even if you get a third because of diminishing value. But I don't really, I can't really imagine the Patriots doing it. But that is an interesting concept. Yeah. Necessarily. Now the Patriots, I definitely could see being a team that can go for a quarterback this off season. Um, the Patriots have been very uncharacteristic this, you know, this entire off season, throwing money left and right, getting John U. Smith, Hunter Henry, um, Kendrick Bourne. Who who else have they gone? Uh, they they got another receiver. They got Nelson Aguilar. Nelson Aguilar. That's they they they've just been throwing money all over the place. Um, but they still have Cam Newton, which I mean, let's be honest. Would you rather have Cam Newton or Jordan Love starting this year? Jordan Love. I don't know if I'd rather have Jordan Love. But um, they're they're still a team that you know needs a quarterback upgrade at this point. You're so, right. You're right. Starting this year, I would probably rather have Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um. If I gave a quarterback for the next two years, it'd be Jordan Love, probably. That's fair. But, like, they could be a team that might be looking, because necessarily they might not have a quarterback fall to them at, at 15, which is where they're at. Now, they would have to be worried about, you know, Carolina possibly still being interested in a quarterback. I know they got Sam Darnold, but I, if I'm Carolina, I'm still drafting Trey Lance if he's available. And they're definitely worried about Denver drafting a quarterback oh, ahead yeah. of them. And they could also be scared of the Washington football team and the Chicago Bears jumping up and beating them to the punch on a quarterback. So, can you imagine the Bears trading up for a quarterback again? They need to trade up for a quarterback. Dude, it's, it's, the Bears are never going to be good, okay? It's They're never going to happen. They're cursed. And no matter how badly the Bears fans pray, it's just not going to happen. Um... Oh, that would be hilarious. But if I'm the Patriots, I'm not sitting at 15 and saying, hey, I hope a quarterback falls to us. 
you kind of have to make a move in case one of them doesn't fall to you, you yeah. know? You need to secure your future. And, you know, they're, they're one of those teams that they might not be picking as low as 15 again because they might be a wild card team from now on. Not that they're going to be, you know, the, any, they're not going to be crazy. They're not going to be competing for the AFC title. No. But they might be a wild card team, in which yeah. case you're not picking 15. Uh, they were almost a wild card team this season. They were a wild card team this season. Like, you mean they were in contention for it? They made the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs. The Bears? No, I'm talking about the Patriots. Never mind. Okay, I thought we were still on the Bears. No, I'm talking about the Patriots, but they definitely need to move for a quarterback or something. Now, uh, what, so you think the Dolphins would probably be more likely to uh, trade more, down? They're more likely, but I think everybody's, everybody kind of stays. Because there were also reports about you know the Falcons wanting to trade down from number four, but it's turning out that possibly teams weren't actually interested and they were floating that out there to try and get teams interested. Yeah. Probably because teams think, hey, if I need to trade up, I don't need to trade as high as four. Yeah. They might be saying, hey, we could trade at number six with the Dolphins. Hey, we could go number seven to Detroit. We could look at number eight to Carolina, who they ha- now have a quote-unquote quarterback. Who, um, <laughs> quote-unquote I quarterback. I quote-unquote quarterback. <laughs> uh, and, like, those teams could possibly be looking to move down. So yeah. you might not need to go as high as number four to Atlanta. And, I mean, people don't even know if Atlanta's taking a quarterback or what's going on with that. Yeah. Uh, now, another thing that I found interesting is that the Eagles are actually looking to trade up, which is weird because... They just traded down. Yeah, they traded from number 6 to number 12. So I wonder where they're even looking to look like to move up to. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I saw someone joking around that uh, the Dolphins are interested in trading down and the Eagles are interested in trading up, so they should just swap picks again. <laughs> um, but so one other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, as we're talking about quarterbacks is... Uh, I don't know if you've paid any attention to it, but the odds for San Francisco drafting at number three, it used to be Mac Jones as the favorite, and now Lance is the, uh, sorry, not Lance, Justin Fields is the favorite, and Trey Lance is tied with Mac Jones. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute, but if you're San Francisco, I know we've talked about it before, who are you taking at number three, if, uh, assuming that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are not available? I, I'm sticking with Fields. You gotta go with Fields. I'm sticking with Fields. Like, I, I still have troubles believing that they're actually going Mac Jones. Like, oh, yeah. the longer I think about it, the less it makes sense. Yeah. So, I saw, I saw um, Kyle Shanahan's face at that pro day. We did all see Kyle that Shanahan's face. That was not a very pleased p- uh, face. He's been dealing with uh, Jimmy G underthrowing everything. He got flashbacks to the Jimmy G overthrow in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I know that's what he was thinking about. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, uh, he doesn't want that again. He wants, he wants a man with an arm. He wants, um, he wants Justin Fields. So where do you think Mac Jones would go if he doesn't go at number three? Uh, Matt Miller was asking that question on Twitter. Where do you think he goes if not number three? Like how, how Mac far Jones? do you think he falls? Oh, a white quarterback? I don't think he falls past Denver. It goes to Denver. I think that's he what you're thinking to too. Yeah. yeah. As soon as uh, a white quarterback going to Denver, it just seems it seems like destiny, man. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. I, I was watching this one thing, and it was talking about it's crazy that they drafted Paxton Lynch in the first round because they couldn't re-sign Brock Osweiler. Yeah. That's a horrible turn of events. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, I think I think if he lasts to Denver, he's off the board there. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly absolutely love the fit personally. 
Um, it makes sense because, you know, Mac Jones, his style of quarterback is he's a quick processor. He slings the ball around the field. He's sort of a field general in a way, but he's not anything, you know, he's not anything crazy. But they have a really talented group of receivers that he would be able to distribute the ball to. Including Jerry Judy. Including Jerry Judy. Alabama. Oh, and they play together. So they already have a connection. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, Jerry Judy, you got Noah Fant and uh, the other tight end whose name I don't remember because it's really, really long and hard to pronounce. They have Tim Patrick. They have Cortland Sutton. They have KJ Hamler. They have a really, really good. Uh, you know, receiving core. And it is the type of receiving core that a guy like Mac Jones would be good with because he can just throw the ball all over the place. And it's not Troy Fumagalli. It's a different No, no, guy. no. I just remember Troy Fumagalli was drafted by the Broncos like two years ago. Uh, and I was like, I wonder what happened to him. So I just gave him a quick he? Google. So he's a free agent. But, um, yeah, so, like, I think he would be very successful in uh, Denver. I, I think that's a perfect fit for him, personally. Yeah. I would really, really like that. Um but I just wanted to talk about, you know, let's, let's talk about the top ten because, you know, the draft is approaching. We're really close to it. Um, Jacksonville, is it even a discussion for anyone besides Trevor? Like, I don't think it is. It's got to be Trevor, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Trevor Lawrence. Now, what I wanted to ask was, how far do you think Trevor Lawrence can take them year one? They got Urban Meyer as their new head coach. Um, so they're starting a new regime there. They have gone out and they got Marvin Jones Jr. at receiver. They also have a uh, core of DJ Chark, and they might draft a wide receiver this year. They also have LaVisca Chenault. Um, you know, they have James Robinson at running back. There are reports that they might also be interested in drafting a running back as well. Uh, their defense is a little bit improved from last year, but it's not great. How far do you think they can go year one with Trevor Lawrence at the helm? I'm calling it right now. Calling it now? 4-20-21, p.m. The Jaguars will be the seventh pick next season. <coughs> so you think they're a top ten pick next year? They're a seventh pick next year. I can totally see that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. You know, yeah, ro- Seven isn't bad. It's not one. Well, rookie quarterbacks don't usually take teams no. very far. Like, you look at, you know, uh, Justin Herbert had a statistical, like, statistically probably the best rookie quarterback season of all time. Yeah. And the Chargers are picking at 13. Yeah. Right? Like, rookie quarterbacks don't take you very far. So I would not doubt that they're picking the top 10, especially because the Jaguars don't really have the foundation there yet. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't trust Urban Meyer as an NFL coach. Albert Okwubunum or something like that. That's the name of the tight end for the Broncos. Sorry. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, we don't know how Urban Meyer is going to be as a head coach in the NFL. That's the other thing. I don't trust Urban Meyer as a head coach in the NFL. Um, College got too much stress for him. Um, winning at Ohio State, if that was too much stress for him, then losing in Jacksonville is going to be worse, <laughs> you know. So um, that's number one. Number two, it's pretty much also obvious now that they've traded Sam Darnold. Do you want to say it? Do you want me to say it? Uh, that Zach Wilson is Zach the pick at number Wilson two. Wilson will be the pick. I um, wanted to say, I know you're, you, you have Fields over Wilson, right? I, I, I think Fields will be a better quarterback in the NFL than, than Zach Wilson will. So if you were the New York Jets, you would take – Justin Fields. I just wanted to... I would, I would do immense, immense pro days uh-huh. and get more of an inside look on Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. If I am the GM <clears throat> and I'm sitting there 
with Justin Fields on my mind, but all of the people who I who work for me are saying Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. I'm gonna think something's up with me, and I'm gonna cave and get Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. That being said, if it was me fully, specifically only me, I like Justin Fields. I'm taking him at two. Which honestly, I can't blame you. Uh, I see Justin Fields getting a lot of hate. I yeah. don't get it. I don't get it. I don't He's understand. He's really, him. really, really good. I watched him all season, all six games that he played. Um, just kidding. Uh, well, you know, that was, that was a joke. Not, mm-hmm. not meant to, you know. Uh, anyways, um, I, I, I watched there him. There was a joke even about how few games he played, How right? few games he played and that Ohio State team played. Uh, I watched him that first game of the season. He was amazing. Um, and then I watched uh, uh, a good amount of games of his after, if not then the highlights. And then I watched his um, college football playoff game. <laughs> He was amazing. The best game Clemson. of his career. Best game of his career. And he, and he was the best quarterback on that field, better than Trevor Lawrence, that day. The thing I think people forget is as soon as that game went down, people were debating whether or not Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields should be the number one pick. Like People were saying, hey, should the Jaguars think twice about this? Yeah, because that game was insane. Mm-hmm. Trevor had the better team, too. Clemson was the better team. They had the better coach. They had uh, the best experience, the most games, and they were dominated by Justin Fields. Uh, and, uh, and Justin Fields went down halfway with a broken rib. He was a one-man force that game. Yeah. One-man force. It was insane. Now, so I wanted to uh, look at it this way. Like, Justin Fields has been getting way too much hate. The reason I have Zach Wilson over him is – so Zach Wilson and Justin Fields obviously have, you know, the things to worry about. So, for example, Zach Wilson, his worry is, you know, he played in an independent conference with BYU. You know, there's questions about the competition that he played against. And then there's also questions about, uh, you know, he was sort of a one-year wonder. How should that impact him? You know, that's you know, the same thing that went down with Burrow last year. You know who else was a one-year wonder? Who? Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if Mitch Trubisky was even a one-year wonder. He, he only played one year in college. Yeah, but, like, I don't know if he was necessarily a one-year wonder. He, he wasn't, like... He, he was wasn't the third li- overall pick. But he wasn't lighting... But he shouldn't have been. He, was, he wasn't exactly lighting up the college football world. <coughs> yeah. You know, but, like... Uh, there, were, there were no real... Gr- well, actually, no, I'm taking that back. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson and Patrick, and Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes was not yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, we always got to preface that. We, Patrick Mahomes like, wasn't Patrick Mahomes. But Deshaun Watson was Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson was Deshaun Watson. And I, I obviously liked him the most coming out of that draft. Um, like, at, at the time, the list should have been Deshaun Watson uh, and then Trubisky and then Mahomes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, okay, moving on, 49ers. We just... Talked about this. Mm-hmm. We both think Justin Fields would be the better fit. It should be the pick. And so you're going to take Justin Fields at three? Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think is interesting to think about is if San Francisco is serious about wanting to keep Jimmy Garoppolo for at least a year, mm-hmm. and that he is their guy this year, as they have been saying, which they could be lying about, teams say that all the time, Trey Lance might be a sneaky pick. He might be sneaky there. If they yeah. want to let a guy sit for a year... They might be saying, hey, we know, we know Trey Lance can sit for a year. Let's take him. Personally, I think no matter whether or not you want to let a guy sit, take the best guy. Yeah. Because even if Trey Lance can benefit from sitting, Justin Fields can also benefit from sitting. Let yeah. him sit for a year and then do it. So I think no matter what, it should be Justin Fields. But I think a sneaky pick uh, could be Trey Lance, especially because of how transcendent he could be as a runner. 
and as a just a huge armed passer. Hell freezes over kind of pick. Kyle uh, Shanahan finds a way to trade Jimmy G for Kirk Cousins without giving the, up the number three overall pick, and he drafts Penny Sewell. Mm. Hell freezes over. I would hate that. I know. I would despise that. Yeah, especially going every... up all the way up to three, because you could get him at four with the Falcons or even five trading with the Bengals. He might even last to seven, honestly. Yeah. He might last to Detroit. Yeah. Um, but that's how it freezes over. But I just, I just, I just saw that um, here mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins in a Jimmy G trade. Now the other thing about that too is they just re-signed Trent Williams, who is also a left tackle. So they'd have to move him to right tackle for that, anyways. Um, next team we <coughs> talk about Atlanta. We were talking about them earlier. They were a trade down candidate, but teams might not really be interested in them. Uh, so New England, Detroit, Washington, Chicago—the teams that might have been interested in trading with Atlanta—are probably not going to trade down. Uh, trade up with Atlanta, they probably won't trade down. What should the move be for Atlanta? Because at number four, there isn't really value to any of the defensive players, so they're likely trying to choose between Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and Penny Sewell. Falcons miss incredibly Tony Gonzalez. They want the next Tony Gonzalez. They want Kyle Pitts. I'm taking Kyle Pitts at four. Honestly, I would not hate like, – like the offense is what's of value at number four. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of why they wanted to trade down because they knew they could get value because they're in a quarterback position and they could maybe go defense, which they really – which is what they need to improve, honestly. Yep. But uh, when you're in that position, you got to go wide receiver or tight end or OT then because those are the picks of value. And Kyle Pitts is the most transcendent of a player available. So you gotta go, I think you go Kyle Pitts there. Yeah. I think something interesting could be the thought of Jamar Chase, though, because one thing that I think people forget about is uh, Calvin Ridley. You know, he's coming to the end of his, uh, of his first contract, but he's actually 26 years old. I don't know if you knew that. Um, so he's actually the same age as Amari Cooper. Hmm. He's a lot older. Like, he, he came out of college yeah. at, like, 20, like, 4-ish. Like, he started – his freshman <coughs> year, he was 20 years old. Like, he's an older guy for where he should be. So, you know, they might be worrying about, you know, Julio's 30-plus. And yeah. Calvin Ridley is going to be, you know, in his mid-30s by the end of his second contract. We might need to get a young guy in here. We can get a three-headed monster of wide receivers. You know, we're cool with – you know, running Hayden Hurst at tight end. Uh, so I think it's between Pitts or Chase for them. I don't really think they will go Sewell, honestly. Now let's think about this. Arthur Smith taking over in the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator coming from the Titans. Mm-hmm. They could be looking at Trey Lance. For what reason? Matt Ryan is on thin, thin ice over there. This is a new regime. They want a brand new start. Mm-hmm. This is an, another hell freezes over. I'd much rather have Kyle Pitts. Maybe they go. Maybe they go quarterback. Maybe you can see quarterback one, two, three, four. That could be a thing for Atlanta. I just don't see them going quarterback because you know, at the end <coughs> of the day, um, well, okay, I could see them going quarterback if Justin Fields is available. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, will Trey Lance or uh, or Mac Jones be better than what Matt Ryan is right now? By well, are they trying to win now? I think they're – well, I don't think they're trying to rebuild. Not while they have Matt Ryan. They're the number four overall pick. Yeah. 
but I don't think they're trying to rebuild. I think they think they can win. All right. That will be interesting uh, because Saints probably will not be good this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the it, There's always a possibility. I know we've been saying it for years. There's always a possibility that Tom Brady takes a, a little bit of a fall this year, even though we all know he's going to be winning the Super Bowl. Um, and, and Carolina's the other team. And Carolina's the other team. So this could be another NFC East situation, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, as of right now, Kyle Pitts, I like that the best. Okay, so then we'll look at number five, Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the whole uh, argument uh, in Cincinnati Twitter between whether or not to take Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, whether it's people saying, hey, you know, we need someone <laughs> to block for Joe Burrow to throw a pass. And then there's other people saying, hey, you could just draft an offensive tackle at the top of round two, and you could take the better wide receiver now. So, I take it by your facial expressions, you are on Team Sewell for Cincinnati. If a Cincinnati Bengal fan can look at Joe Burrow's knee that the, from the picture that the Bengals posted a couple days ago, yep. stare at that scar for 50 seconds and look me in the eye and tell me the Bengals should not get an offensive tackle here, they are insane. Joe Burrow needs help. I don't care about wide receivers at this point. You have Tyler Boyd. You're fine. Get this man some protection. The amount of pressures he had last year was insane, inexcusable. Get this man protection. Penny Sewell at five. They had, I believe, a bottom three offensive line. Them and the other rookie quarterback uh, in, um, now I'm blanking, Justin Herbert. The Chargers had the worst offensive line, according to some sources, and the Bengals were right there with them. Um... The Chargers did a good job of restocking the offensive line. I believe they uh, got uh, got players for three of the five positions over the offseason. Um, the Bengals went out and got Riley Reef uh, to play tackle. And, uh, I mean, this is just me. Um, if you look at the data, a wide receiver is more valuable than the offensive tackle. So, by the statistics, they should go... Jamar Chase, in my opinion, and they can. There's this is a very good offensive tackle class, so I think they can get a really good player at the at the because they they have, you know where where they're picking they're picking at the very top of the second round right. They can easily get an Alex Leatherwood or maybe someone falls to them like maybe a uh, a Dylan Radon's fall, falls to them a Sam Cosme. There's definitely very very good second round tackles that are going to be available this year that aren't usually going to be available in the second round. So I say take advantage of that now because typically second round tackles don't have as good of a hit rate as first round tackles do. Like tackles typically need to be found in the first round, but in a year where there's an abundance of first round tackles, one might fall to them in the second round, in which case I say go with that. And, you know, next year you could look at going another offensive lineman in the top pick you could honestly even go, hey, let's take Jamar Chase at number five and then take offensive linemen the rest of the way, you know, yeah. something like that. So, right. But, you know, they could go either way, and I don't think they're wrong either way, no, in my opinion. Number six, Miami Dolphins, what happens? So I think, okay, so they got Will Fuller, they got Devontae Parker, but I honestly want to get another weapon there. Yeah. Uh, in, in the case of, you know, a weapon, we, we said that Kyle Pitts would be gone. Uh, by this point, if I'm Miami and he's available, I'm jumping on it. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, but I think the argument is between Chase and Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Jalen Waddell as much as other people do, so I don't think he's the play here at number six. I think that would be a mistake, especially because he wouldn't bring you anything different than what Will Fuller is bringing in the first place. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, I think you got to go wide receiver here, especially because Will Fuller is on a one-year deal. Yep. And if he doesn't stay next year, you need to have another weapon that's not just Devontae Parker. Yep. So you got to build around Tua. What you got to do when you have a rookie quarterback is build around them as quick as possible so you can find out whether or not they're the guy. Uh, When you look at what the New York Giants are doing, I think they're doing a good job of trying to figure out whether or not Daniel Jones is the guy, giving him as many weapons as possible, you know, uh, trying to say, hey, we'll give you any excuses possible. It's the same thing Denver did as well with Drew Locke. Um, I think that Denver and New York are playing it too long, and they are still asking if he's the guy even though everyone else knows. But with Miami, you got to figure out if he's the guy now. Give him a weapon, get him Pitts if he's available, or get him Devontae Smith or yeah. Jamar Chase. Uh, whoever, whoever's the best player available at that spot of those three. Yeah. Um, I am going Devontae Smith. I would go Devontae Smith as well. Just because the two uh, Alabama link. Yes, um, that would also be nice too. They, they played together last year very well. Devontae Smith's coming off that Heisman. Um, I am taking Devontae Smith at six. Uh, leading to our next pick, Detroit Lions. I have a question for you. Should they entertain quarterback here? I know they got Jared Goff, but we all know Jared Goff is Jared Goff. Should they entertain quarterback, or should they say, hey, we don't have the foundation yet. Let's wait until we get a team better suited for a quarterback, and we'll look at quarterback next year. In the top ten, the Bengals and maybe the Cowboys – um, are the two teams that I know will not consider quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. I also think Lions are a close third. I don't think they go In Miami? I mean, if Justin Fields is available there, they might take him. But My, well, I don't think they go Trey Lance or Tua Mac wasn't, Jones. Tua wasn't the best. So and, unless, you know, hell freezes over or mm-hmm. something – uh, I think Miami's fairly safe too. I don't think Detroit goes quarterback at all. Even I agree. though it's a new regime, mm-hmm. it's a new regime and everything. Um, they got what they wanted, which was Goff, um, for some reason. Or he might, or he might just be there to buy time. Maybe, um, but no. You need to first replace Kenny Galladay, who you lost. Go on Jamar Chase. He's a great. He's a great replacement for him. Got it. Oh, yeah, because in, in the way that you're looking at it, Jamar Chase would still be available yep, here. Yeah, Jamar Chase falls to seven. That, that totally makes sense. Now, if I'm Detroit, um, at this point, uh, I would take Penny Sewell. But <laughs> if they also had uh, – if Penny Sewell was off the board, you know, if Cincinnati had taken Penny Sewell two spots earlier, that's when they should go Devontae Smith, right? I think that they have to go um, wide receiver or offensive line. They need to get one of those top players – they, they, they're just not going to be picky about anything at all because, you know, the whole team is terrible. Let's build it up. Let's get it ready. And I don't think, t- I don't think now's the time for quarterback. I think you got to say, hey, you know, let's give it a year. Yeah. And next year we can look at Sam Howell or Spencer Rattler or uh, whoever else, yeah. Keen Slovis or Malik uh, whatever, Malik Davis, who, yeah. whoever ends up being the top quarterback next like, year. Let's call, it a, let's call it as it is. The Lions are sitting with, with a two of clubs and an eight of spades. They, they are nowhere near where they need to be. They're folding this year. Cards on the table. They're drafting Jamar Chase 
in my opinion, and they're moving on. Like, we were talking Jaguars are going to be a top 10 pick next year. Detroit's going to be a top 5 pick next year. Maybe top 3. Maybe top 3. Another Cincinnati might even be a top 10 team again next year. I don't, I don't know if I believe in them yet. Yeah. Although, who knows? I don't know. I just, I really want Joe Burrow to come strong from this injury. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Carolina, I mentioned it earlier. If I'm Carolina and Trey Lance is available, yeah. I think they should do it. I'm taking Trey Lance Sam too. Darnold is not... Okay, one, one thing I'm afraid of for Carolina is Sam Darnold has weapons now. Yeah. He's going to put up stats because he has weapons. He's going to look better from a statistical perspective, but is he actually going to be better? No. They might trick themselves into saying, hey, you know... Let, let's let's keep this guy around, you know? Yeah. I think they I think if Trey Lance is available at number eight, they gotta take him because they can let Sam Darnold because let's think about it this way. If Sam Darnold ends up improving, improving himself, right, then they can re sign him to a second contract if they want. Mm-hmm. Um and then they can then trade away Trey Lance and they'll get tremendous value because he's a quarterback. But <clears throat> if Sam Darnold proves he's not the guy, which he probably will prove then now they have a backup option in Trey Lance to play next year. Yep. The Panthers need to go into this pick not thinking of position. They need to go into this pick with their eight best options, their eight favorite players in this draft, with eight different scenarios on ways they could get them. Rank them, and then whatever happens, happens. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. There will only be eight picks, or there will only be seven picks above them. They will get one of those scenarios. Whether it is Trey Lance, that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Let's say somehow it's Mac Jones, who I am not as sure as is good as you know Sam Darnold in that situation. Mm-hmm. But if it's Mac Jones and they like him, take Mac Jones. Um, if it's Rashawn Slater, uh, the the offensive tackle, they take should him. not be afraid to take him either. No, it's um, if it's Patrick Sertan, maybe they really want to go different defense. Take Patrick Sertan. Uh, Micah Parsons, linebacker. They could even entertain wide receiver. I wouldn't be opposed to that. No. Because, once again, you have Sam Darnold, give him as many weapons, give them every chance to prove himself. Yeah. They could even look at Jalen Waddle here, in yeah. my opinion. I don't think that would be a bad pick. I don't like Jalen Waddle personally, but I don't think that would be a bad pick for them. The, the number eight pick is such a wild card because they could do completely anything they wanted with it. And um, my opinion... They go Trey Lance here. That's what I totally think they should do. Yeah. I think they would be stupid as an organization. Well, I don't think they'd be stupid. Uh, I think they could still do... I think they could still make good decisions without going to Trey Lance. But I think the best decision would be to go Trey Lance. Uh, You know, just put yourself in the best position possible. And, once again, when they they might be a team picking in the top ten next year, then they don't have to worry about getting a quarterback next year because they got one this year. Yeah. And they can just take the best player available. Because, you know, when you are a team who is in the top ten, who doesn't have a cor- who already has a quarterback, you know, a la Cincinnati, you get the best player who isn't a quarterback. That's valuable. They can get the best offensive tackle or defensive player or wide receiver next year because they'll be in a bad position next year, but they already have a quarterback. Now, Denver, uh, I think we can – are we both in agreement that Mac Jones should be the pick here? Mac Jones should be the pick at nine. I love this pick. I love, yeah. I love this idea. They could definitely entertain, you know, Micah Parsons, at linebacker. I think he's a good fit. He'd be, you know, the Von Miller type – he could be Von Miller's successor there. Yeah. I think they could entertain offensive line. I, I wouldn't be opposed to them taking Rashawn Slater here. But I think Mac Jones is the guy. Yeah. Right? And then number 10, 
Dallas. Uh, it's Patrick Sertain all the way, right? Yeah, if he falls, Patrick Sertain. I don't think I don't, I don't think there's any way that he goes above ten, um, unless the Panthers get freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's Patrick Sertain um, to try to help that defense as much as possible. Carolina is the only team, as a Cowboys fan, that I would be afraid of taking a uh, of taking Patrick Sertain ahead of us. Yeah, because like I said, Atlanta. Um, well, they took a first-round uh, corner back last year in A.J. Terrell, but um, it's just not a value to take Patrick Sertain at four. And then uh, the first team uh, that, you know, genuinely needs a cornerback that doesn't really have, you know, other positions to be afraid of would be Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I could see them taking Sertain. But if you're the Cowboys, you got to go Sertain. you got to fix up that defense a little bit. Um, you, you just got you got to solidify things there. You know the defense isn't very great. You got you got to do whatever you can. And honestly, what I love about the move for Sertain, this is the same way that I look at you know like wide receivers. When you can push a player down the depth chart, they become better, right? Yeah. Because now they're taking on a lesser assignment. So if you can make Trayvon Diggs your cornerback two, he's a lot better than being your cornerback one. Because now instead of guarding, uh, I'm trying to think of a team. So like. You know, the Giants. So instead of guarding Kenny Galladay now, he'll be guarding Sterling Shepard, you know. That's a much better assignment that you'd want to see Trayvon Diggs taken up. Yeah. And you can let Trayvon Diggs develop while uh, Sertain can be the, you know, solid corner. And they play together in Alabama. So they already got good cornerback communication skills there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Do you want to hear the most disgusting thing you'll hear all day? Oh, I, I, I see it right now. Oh, no. NFL.com, their latest mock draft. Is it the latest <clears> one? <throat> yep. Has Justin Fields falling 24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That makes me so angry. Why? He, he will not make it past, like, at, at the absolute lowest. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think the absolute lowest he can go is 15. Yeah. I, I could see a world where he, like, I, I don't think there should be a world where he falls down to 15, but I think the absolute they, furthest he goes is 15. Who they do they have, even have the Patriots the, taking? They have p- the Patriots taking J.C. Horn. Oh, I actually love that pick, though. But the, not over, over, not Justin, over Fields. Justin Fields. They I have Trey Lance falling to the football team at 14. Well, that would be them trading up with uh, the Minnesota yeah, tra- Vikings. trading up with the Vikings. Who the Vikings are actually a trade down candidate that I think is going to be interesting, uh, particularly because uh, the Vikings might not be in a position to take a player that they want. Yeah. But they're also right before the Patriots. So if you know Washington says, "Hey, we want a quarterback," that could be a team that could be a you know that could be a trade scenario if a quarterback were to fall that far. Yeah. Um, you know, if Mac Jones or uh, whatever. But have you watched any film on uh, Zayvon Collins? I linebacker? actually did. He's the only linebacker I've watched anything on. Do you like him? I like him. Oh, because they have the Green Bay Packers taking yeah. him. Yeah. So Zayvon Collins, um, he's what six foot five, like two hundred sixty. He's this <coughs> ginormous Brian Urlacher type linebacker. Um, you know, kind of a switch from you know the current norm of linebackers, where they're basically safety hybrids. Yeah. You know, like the Deion Jones of the world. But um, he can all. He's also an athletic freak. He can absolutely fly. Um, you know, Green Bay Packers need a linebacker. I could totally see that happening. I don't know if y'all take one in the first round. You need a wide receiver. Y'all, y'all need a linebacker and a wide receiver, and I don't think y'all take either. <laughs> We're gonna take a uh, 
uh, you're gonna take a, a backup s- fullback. You're gonna take a left guard. Yeah, we're gonna take we're we're going punter first round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't even know a single kicker or punter in this draft. Otherwise, no. I would have totally made a joke there about one that you could have taken. I remember the Jaguars drafted their punter uh, two picks before the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson. Did they really? Yeah. My favorite thing is when the Buccaneers traded up in the second round to take Roberto Aguayo from yeah. Florida State, who, to be fair, was absolutely cold at Florida State. I think he like missed like one kick his entire career there. Yeah. And he missed every kick, basically, in the NFL and was yeah. cut after like two years. Yeah. Uh, why would they ever take a... Why would uh, they the ever Buccaneers. take a kicker? Why would they ever take a kicker that high? It's the Buccaneers. You know that Sebastian Janikowski, I think, was a first-round pick? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Absolutely wild. Um, did you know that I have, uh, people have said I have looked exactly like Sebastian Stan three times this week. Really? Like, people have gone out of their way to come up to me and say, you look like Sebastian Stan. I don't see it, but I would take it as a compliment. Oh, exactly. Well, with my body, yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 100% appreciate that. I look like a super soldier? Jeez. Sebastian Janikowski <laughs> was first round 17th overall by the Raiders. Oh, Raiders. I mean, he was an amazing kicker, but yeah. no. <laughs> no. All right. That's about all we got to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, you got anything to say? Uh, nothing much. Um, Vote no for the European so- uh, Super League. I don't even know. You sh- you can't even vote. But There's probably like a change.org or something yeah. somewhere. Find a petition. <laughs> take to your streets. Um, hire an assassin. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, well, we just won't tell you to do that. We won't tell you. We'll just If imply. you were to do it, we can't do anything about it. But exactly. we won't tell you to do it. Now, if you do kill the owner of Manchester City, who is the prince of Saudi Arabia... Um, then, you know, that's not a very good look. Um, mm-hmm. but do what you got to do. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. What no. you got to do is follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at second down pod, two ND down pod. Amen. Uh, we'll see y'all later. <clears throat> uh, stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy, and we'll see y'all next time. See you guys.